From the Financial Times in London, I'm Daniel Thomas, and this is FT News. This week, Europe's largest property giant, Unibar Rodamco, has agreed a deal to acquire Australia's Westfield for $24 billion. What does this deal say about consolidation in the retail market? Joining me now is Miles Johnson, the Capital Markets Editor for the FT, Amy Williams, FT Property Correspondent, and Arash Masoudi, our M&A Correspondent, to talk about the deal. First of all, Amy, why exactly is Unibuy buying this giant mall owner from Australia? Well, the first point to make is that the majority of malls that Westfield owns are in the US, and it is very good at developing big, shiny, glitzy shopping centres with lots of shops and restaurants and other fun things in, whereas Unibuy is more based in Europe and is quite good at operating malls. So together, they have a really broad spread of shopping centres spread across the globe. Malls have come under pressure from the rise of online shopping as consumers have gone more and more frequently towards big online retailers like Amazon. So one response to that is for these big companies to merge and give each other access to more retailers and broaden their base a bit of offerings to retailers. Indeed, because it's not the only deal in the property sector. Last week, we saw Hammerson agree a deal with Into as well. Do you think we'll see more deals along these lines as big property companies get together? I think we will. People have talked a little bit about the prospect of Simon Properties in the US doing something, but someone said to me that they're already such an enormous company that merging with another entity would actually cause competition problems for them. So the jury's out on that one. But for sure, we'll no doubt see smaller companies getting together in the next year. Mm. And Arash, what are your contacts saying about the motivations behind this deal? There's a couple of motivations on this deal specifically. If you think about what Frank Lohi, who's the sort of founder of Westfield, he built it from being a European immigrant fleeing Europe to Australia and starting this business in 1960. He's taken something that started in a suburb in Western Sydney to a global company that owns very prime real estate. If you think about London, the Stratford City Complex and the Shepherd's Bush, they're building a development in Croydon. Uh, and if you think about the US, the World Trade Center and multiple sort of flagship shops in California, they built something pretty incredible here. But he's 86, 87 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got three sons. They've all spent time in the business. And he said when he talked to investors this week, they wanted to transition from being operators as a family to being investors. And so this deal from their point of view is motivated by succession. And in Unibuy, they get a very strong management team to run this asset, which they will still own a 2.5% stake in, which is roughly a billion dollars. So they're still going to be quite invested. So the motivation from their point of view is succession, and that's the reason for the deal. But as Amy said, there's these confluence of forces taking place in the sector and hitting retailers, and malls are a very specific subsector of that. And it's quite an unloved space for the last 18 months. And so now you've seen a few deals, like you mentioned, Hammerson Into, and that you've also seen activists enter the space. So you've had Dan Loeb targeting Maserich, which is a U.S. mall operator, and you've had Jonathan Litt and Elliot going after Taubman Centers, another U.S. mall operator. So there's a dynamic here in the space between short sellers targeting malls and sort of activists targeting unloved companies and trying to force change. That's an interesting point. And Mars, I think we can come to you on this. What do investors think about this? Because this is a sector, as Arash says, which has been particularly targeted by short sellers in the past. And I guess some of them have been burnt now. Maybe 2015, 2016, it was sort of a smart money trade to effectively 
be shorting retailers, but especially shorting malls, which were seen as a sort of eventually suffering because obviously their financial health is tied to that of their tenants. And the wider market at that time hadn't really appreciated that. And then what we've seen this year is that the sort of Amazon threat has been increasingly priced into these stocks, into these retailers, and then also into the malls. So these large operators in the United States, like Simon and like GGP, their share prices have really come under pressure and the short sellers have done well. But we've also seen signs that that's a trade that's become extremely long in the tooth. And I think a couple of months ago, we had an ETF, an exchange traded fund launched just to express the view that you could be long Amazon and online retail and short bricks and mortar, old style retail. And when you have things like that, which are marketed towards retail investors, it's really kind of suggesting that that trade is basically played out. It's already in the market. And I think what we're seeing now is informed industrial buyers seeing value in these things. They're buying them now. And that's reflected in the fact that if you're now short these stocks, you're basically at the bottom. And I think we're going to see maybe next year a sign that the market will start to reappraise these companies and actually start to see some significant value in these things that have been beaten down so much this year. It's a punchy prediction given few people would bet against Amazon continue to gain market share in the, the retail sector, particularly things like groceries now it's moving into. But you think that malls could be on the way back then? Well, I think the Amazon threat is absolutely real. And I think all investors are aware of that. But the question is, how bad is it going to be? And how in line with that reality is the current valuation of certain types of companies? And I think you're starting to see in the US, they've sort of thrown the baby out with the bathwater to some extent. All retailers got sold off indiscriminately this year. And then you're seeing certain companies like Target, for example, which is trading at the lowest valuation since pretty much the financial crisis. So all you have to see next year is that the market starts to slightly reappraise the chance that maybe Target will still be around in 15, 20 years time. And you'll see a very, very sharp share price move upwards if that's the case. And I guess, Amy, back to you, if you're going to pick any shopping center owner i guess westfield would be the one it owns some of the best malls in the world be it the two in london they're obviously hoping to open a third one in london san francisco you know around america this is prime property in the true sense of the word i guess indeed and if any shopping centers are going to survive the amazon effect that miles just talked about it will be prime shopping centers and those are the ones that are really thinking ahead and looking at how they can continue to attract footfall through their centers mm. Can you tell us a bit more about what Westfield has been doing so successfully to attract its customers? The first thing it's doing very simply is increasing the number of cafes and coffee shops and that sort of thing that it has. And it's also branching out into wackier things. So there's a company called Kidzania, which runs big children's adventure playgrounds. Westfield have that sort of thing in their shopping centres. And they also... I think last year had Lady Gaga come and play at one of their shopping centres. So things like that are not really about selling people groceries, but they are drawing people into the big shopping centres that Westfield's operating. Yeah, and keeping those those shopping centres busier than others. Fantastic. Well, thanks very much, guys, for joining me. And I'm sure there'll be more deals to come in the sector and more to talk about very shortly. 